Welcome to NFL Insights with Brennan, and we would like to wish you a happy new year. Brennan went 10-5 and five last week, back to double-digit wins, and without further ado, we'll turn it over to him for the Week 17 schedule, and we'll start off with the NFC East battle of the 8-7 and seven Eagles going into Washington to take on the 6-9 and nine Washington football team. Washington football team looks to be super short-handed. Yep, just saw it like literally a minute ago that Antonio Gibson was placed on the coronavirus reserve list. They're great running back and he's out as, and their other running back, JD McKissick has been out for weeks with a concussion and they're expected to be without tackle Sam Cosmi and cornerback William Jackson, the third. So just like that game against the Cowboys and the first matchup against the Eagles two weeks ago, they look really uh, shorthanded against this team, which isn't really good because Back in October, everyone thought the Eagles were missing the playoffs for sure, but all of a sudden they're in the playoff picture and they would be the seventh seed if it were to if the playoffs were to start today. And honestly, when I look or, or when you look at the at, at the NFC playoff picture, I think they'll stay there. The they have a pretty good offensive line, run a good running game, good enough wide receivers, and uh, a defense that's pretty talented. Uh, and they should be per- they should be totally able to handle the Washington football team again. So I'm going to take the Eagles. Okay, let's go to Baltimore, where the stumbling eight and seven Ravens will welcome in the eleven and four Rams. Uh, what's the status on Lamar Jackson for this game? It's truly up in the air. John Harbaugh says that he has a chance to play, so we don't know. Uh, Tyler Huntley was activated off of the coronavirus reserve list, so I assume if Lamar can't play, Huntley will get the start again. And he played really well a couple weeks ago against the Packers, even though. They lost, and yeah, the defense has just completely fallen apart, as we saw last week when Joe Burrow threw for 525 yards and four touchdowns. He was, I believe, Burrow was the first and and as of right now only quarterback this year this year this season to throw to throw for 500 yards. And I don't think Matthew Stafford's going to throw for 500 yards, but uh, I expect the Rams to have a lot of success against this Ravens defense. Um, amazingly, it seems like Cam Akers, who suffered in a a torn Achilles in July might have a chance to play in this game, which would be really amazing. And uh, yeah, the defense should be able to contain the Ravens offense, no matter, no matter, no matter who the quarterback is. So the Rams would win the NFC West with a win and a Cardinals loss to the Cowboys. And I think that's going to happen. I think the Rams win this game. And I think at the end of Sunday, they'll be, they'll, they will be the NFC West champions. Okay, uh, let's go to the opposite of champions and talk about the Jets at four and eleven, who will be welcoming in the defending world champions, the eleven and four Bucks. Seems to be a mismatch here, despite the Bucks being a little shorthanded. Yeah, I think um, it's just. I think it's not. This isn't going to be really close at all, in my opinion. Uh, the Jets just barely got past the Jaguars, who are the worst team in the league, and. That kind of says it all right there. The Buccaneers lost 9-0 to the Saints a couple weeks ago, but then followed that up with a 32-6 win over the Panthers. Very similar to last year, where they lost to the Saints at home and then blew up the Panthers on the road last year. So the same exact thing happened again. They're on the road for the second straight week, and injuries are starting to pile up. They're slight injuries, nothing serious, but um, uh, Mike Evans, well, he was on the coronavirus reserve list, but just got activated today. Uh, Shaq Barrett suffered a sprained ACL and MCL, so he's out the rest of the regular season. And we know about 
Leonard Fournette and Levante David, who are both on IR with injuries, but they will be back in time for the playoffs. And Bruce Arians, as a matter of fact, tested positive a couple of days ago. But um, we've seen this happen a million times this season where the head coach tests positive and interim head coach steps in and the team does just fine. They have a lot of injuries and there will be no Bruce Arians, but it's the Jets. Tom Brady's 29 and 6 against them in his career. They'll be just fine, and this probably won't be a close game. The Buccaneers should win it with ease, I would think. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, a big AFC battle where the 8-7 and seven Dolphins will be visiting the 10-5 and five Titans. Dolphins looking to solidify their hold on a playoff spot, and the Titans are looking to keep their seeding intact. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins started off 1-7. and seven. Now, all of a sudden, they're 8-7, and seven, and... And, and, and amazingly, they are the seventh seed in the AFC as of right now, but it will be tough to stay there because the Titans are a really good team that they have to play on the road, and then they end their regular season versus the Patriots. So these two teams, these two games will decide their fate. The Dolphins did just enough to beat the Saints on offense, and the defense was dominant, but that was because they played Ian Book, who was starting his first ever NFL game, and the Saints have no wide receivers, and they've been without there are two starting tackles for weeks, so it was easy for the defense to go off that day. The Titans had, have been struggling on, on offense themselves for the past couple of weeks, but they did get A.J. Brown back, and he was a big reason why they won against the 49ers last Thursday. They really did miss him, and they will probably get Derrick Henry back in a week, which would be great because he's what makes that team go, in my opinion. I think it'll be a defensive kind of game. Both of these teams have pretty good defenses, but when it comes to which quarterback I trust the most, I think I trust Ryan Tannehill more than Tua at this point. And also, remember, Ryan Tannehill was a former, the former quarterback of the Dolphins, so that should add some motivation. I think the Titans win this one. I think I might be smelling lock of the week coming up here uh, as the 9-6 and six Patriots welcome in the 2-13 and 13 Jaguars. Is this maybe a trap game, or what do you think? No way. This is the lock of the week, indeed. Uh, the Jaguars are the worst team in the league. I didn't think that would be the case going into the season. I thought that would be the Texans or Lions, but nope, it's it's them. That Urban Meyer hiring was really bad. I know he's no longer there, but the team still hasn't won a game ever since they fired him. The offense can't score, and the defense is trying, but they're not all that great either. Um the Patriots have lost two in a row, but they've lost to good teams, the Colts and the Bills. Um, the Patriots have gone up against rookie quarterbacks uh, a couple of times before this year. Zach Wilson twice and uh, Davis Mills on the Texans, and they beat both of those guys. And uh, Bill Belichick just has a way to confuse rookie quarterbacks, and uh, I'm sure he'll find a way to confuse and frustrate Trevor Lawrence a lot during this game. The Patriots just have the, the clear talent roster and the talent and coaching advantage and the Jaguars are care more about trying to find out who their next head coach is rather than win these last two games and James Robinson unfortunately suffered a torn Achilles in the loss to the Jets so perhaps their best player on offense won't be out there this is going to be a really uh, big win for the Patriots it's going to be huge it's, they're going to win by like 15 points or more probably Okay, uh, let's keep it in the AFC. Big AFC battle here with the nine and six Colts welcoming in the eight and seven Raiders, and the this game will go uh, a long way towards determining the playoff future of both these teams. 
Mm-hmm. I think the Colts are pretty much in. Even if they lose this game, they play the Jaguars next week. So that'll be a, a great opportunity to get to 10 wins. Uh, the Colts have had to deal with a lot of coronavirus-related issues. They were without a lot of people, with mainly due to virus issues and injury issues against the Cardinals, but won despite being extremely shorthanded. But here's the problem. Carson Wentz, who's unvaccinated, just tested positive a couple of days ago with new protocols. Quarantine has been reduced for 10 days to five days. That's for all players, regardless of vaccination status. So we'll find out what happens to Wentz Sunday morning. If he can't go, then rookie Sam Ellinger will make his first career start. If he can, if Wentz can play, great. But the problem is we have no idea. We'll find out Sunday morning. And as of right now, it would be Sam Ellinger in his first career start. It wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be Ian Book. Levels of bad. The Colts have a great offensive line. You got Jonathan Taylor, some decent wide receivers and tight ends, and a good defense. But a, the first career start for a rookie is really tough, regardless of who you are or what team you're on. In my opinion. So as of right now, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Is this a contingent pick? If Carson Wentz starts, would you then switch to the Colts? So you say if Erlinger starts, then it's the Raiders, but if Wentz starts, then it's the Colts? Yeah, but for right now, the Raiders. Okay. Uh, another big AFC game at the 1 o'clock area where the 9-6 and six Bengals will uh, be taking on the 11-4 and four Chiefs in Cincinnati. Bengals coming off that record-setting uh, Joe Burrow performance last week. How do you see this one breaking down? This should be a, a really entertaining game. I think it's the best game of the 1 o'clock slate and maybe maybe the week even. Um, yes, Joe Burrow passed for 525 yards and four touchdowns. He threw for over 400 yards twice against the Ravens, which was pretty remarkable because I don't think anyone has ever done that before. Um, yeah, the Bengals have Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, and a great wide receiver trio. And uh, the Chiefs... Uh, they were three and four at one point, and people thought they were going to make the playoffs. That seems like forever ago because they were three and four, and now they they are um, eleven and four. So they're on they're on an eight game winning streak. Uh, they now look they look like the team we are accustomed to seeing, and I think they're the best team in the AFC. I think it's going to be a shootout, but um, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have been doing this a little longer than Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, so. I think it'll be a wild one, but I think the Chiefs win in the end. And as good of a game as that is, we'll follow it up with a game that'll be as about as entertaining as watching paint dry as the 4-11 Giants will come into Soldier Field to take on the 5-10 Bears. Uh, I don't know what the over-under is on this game, but I would definitely take the under. What do you think? I was thinking of taking the under, but it was like 37.5, which was a bit low for me, even though... These are two of the worst offenses in the league, and this is indeed a battle of the suck. The I'm a Vikings fan, but the Giants, if I had to if I had to pick, would be my second favorite team, and they absolutely drive me up a wall because there are multiple reports that state that Joe Judge is returning as coach, which is one thing which I kind of understand. The struggles are mainly quarterback related, but speaking of the quarterback, Daniel Jones is expected back in 2022, and I just refuse to believe this because I've seen him play for three years and he is nothing but an NFL backup. And if and if the Giants roll with him in 2022, the Giants are going to have a season that is just as bad, if not worse, than the one they're having right now. So the Giants have no idea what they're doing. It's, it's pretty hopeless over there, in my opinion. 
And on the other side, it's been a rough season for the Bears, but one thing they do have that the Giants don't is hope for the future. Justin Fields has shown flashes of being a franchise quarterback, and whenever they hire their new head coach, I think he'll have an opportunity to really become a good quarterback. Um, Dalton, Andy Dalton will be the starter to for this game, as Justin Fields has an ankle injury of some sort, I think. Um, Nick Foles had a win, an impressive win over the Seahawks on the road last week, but um, Andy Dalton has the mobility that Nick Foles doesn't. And uh, if, if regardless of who the quarterback was, if it was Justin Fields or Nick Foles, I trust any of these three Bears quarterbacks to beat the Giants. It's a battle of the suck, but I think the Bears are clearly better than the Giants, in my opinion. Okay, let's shuffle off to Buffalo, where the 9-6 and six Bills will welcome in the 7-8 and eight Falcons. Falcons looks like they're going to miss out on the playoffs, and the Bills are looking to uh, keep their seeding intact. Yeah, the Falcons are seven and eight, but and still in the playoff hunt. But uh, I don't think they're going to make it. I think they're just barely going to miss out, even though it's been a pretty good first year for Arthur Smith. But um, most of the Falcons' wins have come against teams that aren't so great, like the Lions, Giants, and Jets, to name a few. Um, they've been overmatched against the really good teams. They got shut out by the Patriots uh, on a Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago. They lost by forty points to the Cowboys, and they got blown out by the 49ers and Eagles as well, all teams that look to be in the playoffs. So they haven't, they aren't really competitive against really good teams. And the Bills are a really good team. They got the revenge on the Patriots. They intercepted Mac Jones twice. They scored 30 points after only scoring like 10 in that first game in Buffalo against the Patriots. And uh, all the Bills have to do to win the AFC East is beat the Falcons and Jets at home, which should be pretty easy. Uh, like I've just described, Falcons are just uh, not that good. They're, they're not good enough to compete with the top teams, and this will be a really tough task on the road, and I don't think they'll be able to do it. So I think the Bills win this one. Okay, let's go out to San Fran, where the 8-7 and seven Niners will take on the 4-11 Texans. And if the Texans have showed us anything, it's that they they can stay in games. Yeah, that was one of the upsets of the season, in my opinion, where, where when they beat the Chargers 41-29. to Davis Mills played a pretty good game, but uh, in my opinion, if he wants to the Texans to give him a chance in 2022, he needs to keep that up with good showings and some wins. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, on the 49ers side of things, uh, they were up 10-0 to against the Titans, and they looked they looked like they were in complete control, and then they just... Blew it. Jimmy G had a pretty bad game throwing for, he threw two interceptions that were pretty costly in the end. And he has some thumb injury of some sort that could potentially mean Trey Lance gets the start. I don't know who at this time, but the 49, the 49ers are at home. They have a lot of rest since they last played on Thursday. And I think whoever the quarterback is, they should be able to beat the Texans, but any given Sunday. Okay, keep it in the AFC where the 8-7 and seven LA Chargers will welcome in the 7-8 and eight Broncos. Uh, Chargers, as you just mentioned, lost a stinker to the Texans, and they need a win here to keep their, their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, the Chargers are a team that have been maddeningly inconsistent. Like, they'll blow out the Bengals, and then they won. They beat the Chiefs back way back, way back in Week 3. And then they do stuff like lose to the Texans and stuff like that. It's really inconsistent. And if they were more consistent, this would be one of the top teams in the 
AFC, and they would probably have been the AFC West champions if they kicked all those field goals that they should have in that game against the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. But um, the Broncos, it's been a rough season. It's likely going to be a a big offseason of change. Vic Fangio believes he deserves a fourth season, but that's anyone's guess to see if that'll actually happen, as I think a losing season is about to happen. Jerry Judy and Bradley Chubb were very late additions to the coronavirus reserve list, so that means they're both out. Drew Locke is getting the start again for a second straight week, which kind of kind of means disaster for the Broncos. He's just not a really good quarterback, and Teddy Bridgewater's okay, but not a franchise-changing kind of guy either. And from what I heard, they might potentially be getting a new owner as well. So the Broncos it might be a really huge offseason of change. And uh, the Chargers lost the first time in Denver, but that was in Denver with Teddy Bridgewater and all and all and those guys, Jerry, Judy, and Bradley Chubb. So I think the Chargers get their revenge here. Saints-Panthers in New Orleans. How do you see it going down? These teams are all but eliminated from playoff content. Well, I think the Panthers are officially eliminated, and the Saints doesn't don't look like they're going to make it. What do you see here? Yeah, the Saints are in the hunt. Uh, they lost a tough one to the Dolphins. We all knew it was going to happen, really, because it was Ian Book's first ever NFL start. And the Saints have no wide receivers in there without their two starting tackles, as I described earlier when I was talking about the Dolphins, I think. Sean Payton's a great coach, but... Um, this is just too much for him to overcome, although as soon as they find their quarterback, whether whether that's in the draft or free agency, and add some wide receivers, this is a team that I think can be in the playoffs again immediately, but I just don't think it's going to happen this year. And the Panthers are officially eliminated. It's bit, It started off with promise as they, as they were 3-0, and and Sam Darnold looked kind of okay, but then that changed in an instant. He turned out to be just as bad as he was on, was on the Jets. He turned out to be a bust. They brought in... Cam Newton, which went kind of well when he appeared in limited action against the Cardinals, and then when he became a full-time starter again, I don't think they won a single game since with with him as the full-time starter. He just looks like a finished quarterback, and he's even hinted at retirement. Uh, a lot of teams are going to need a quarterback this offseason, but in my opinion, the Panthers have the worst quarterback situation in, in the league. I really don't know how they're going to fix it, especially because they have such limited draft capital to work with in this upcoming draft. Um, I really have no idea who it's going to be, who's going to win this game. Taysom Hill is expected back, which is nice, but you still have a really banged up offensive line and no wide receivers pretty much. So Sam Darnold is starting this game, by the way. And the Panthers beat the Saints back in week two when the Saints were at full strength. So I guess I'll take them again, but I'm not really confident about it. Okay, uh, in the 425 areas, Battle of the Suck, we have the 5-10 and 10 Seahawks welcoming in the 2-12-1 Lions. I heard Jared Goff is doubtful. I don't exactly know why. I think it was because he tested positive for coronavirus a couple of week a, a week ago, and I think he has uh, some kind of football injury as well. So I think I remember hearing he's doubtful, which means Tim Boyle gets the start again. And the Lions nearly pulled off a win over the Falcons, but Boyle threw an interception in the final 30 seconds, which was why they lost. And the Seahawks lost a stunner, a stunner to the Bears when with with Nick Foles as the starter for the Bears with his with Nick Foles's lack of mobility against the Bears' terrible offensive line. I thought the Seahawks would have been able to take care of them 
easily, but that turned out to not be the case. They lost despite leading, leading in the fourth quarter, and that really has to be frustrating. And Pete Carroll even called out Russell Wilson after the game, saying he has to have better management of the game or something like that. And it's been one big season of drama, especially with the off-season before the season the off-season drama before the season started, and there's rumors that this could potentially be Russell Wilson's last Seahawks home game. And when he was asked about it, he didn't, by a reporter in a press conference, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't dismiss it. He didn't say no, definitely not. He says that he hopes it's not his last home game, but he knows it's not his last NFL game, whatever that means. A lot of people think a split is inevitable, but given how the Seahawks look closer to rebuilding than contending as well as how old Pete Carroll is. So it's going to be, it could potentially be a franchise-altering offseason for the Seahawks, and it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. But when it comes to this game, I, you, I'm you, i going to pick the Seahawks again. If they can't beat the, the Tim Boyle Lions at home, then blow it all up. Okay, uh, let's move on from that game to a game that should be entertaining where the 11-4 Cowboys will welcome in the 10-5 Cardinals. And the Cardinals aren't at home, so you would think that they might have a chance, but uh, they are far from the team that we saw for like the first 10 weeks of this season. Yeah, they were. The Cardinals were the league's, the, the team that was the longest-lasting undefeated team. They were 7-0 before their first loss. And a couple of weeks ago, they were 10-2 and two and the top seed in the NFC. And I thought it was going to stay that way, but no, they've lost three in a row. They lost to the Rams at home, even though the Rams were shorthanded, which I kind of understood because the Rams were ta- are talented with a great coach in Sean McVay, but I thought that was a game they should have won. Then they lost to the Lions on the road, blown out by them, as a matter of fact, which was a little bit of an eye-opener, and that was a huge cause for concern. And then at home, they couldn't beat the shorthanded Colts, who were pretty, who were without their defensive leader in Darius Leonard and their entire offensive line, pretty much. And they couldn't beat the Colts either. And yeah, it's just been really sloppy. It's really fallen apart so far. And I don't see how things are going to get any better any better against the Cowboys. James Conner and Rondale Moore are game time decisions, and they need those guys. Um, the Cowboys, I believe, won 56-14 to against the Washington football team, and that game was pretty much over by halftime. And when the Cowboys look that good on offense and the defense gets all those takeaways, uh, this is a really tough team to beat, and they might be playing their best football late in the season as they enter the playoffs. They're already the NFC West East champions, but I know they're aiming for a lot more than that. Uh, it should probably be an entertaining game, should be high scoring, but I think the Cowboys are the better team and I think they'll win here at home. And let's go to the Sunday night game, which we thought was actually going to be an entertaining one. Uh, But unfortunately for you and your beloved Vikings, you got some most unwelcome news today. Uh, Take it away. Yeah. Unvaccinated Kirk Cousins tested positive for coronavirus and is out. And stubborn Mike Zimmer refuses to start third-round pick Kellen Mond from Texas A&M and is starting Sean Mannion, who has been in the league for a couple of years but hasn't really started any games or seen any action at all for the most part. And they started Mond, who has who looked kind of good coming out of college. They might have had a chance, but Mike Zimmer essentially wants to throw the season away. And from what I read on Pro Football Talk and Vikings Twitter, 
everyone had the same reactions that I agreed with. Like, Mon doesn't get it. Waste of a third-round draft pick. Because Mon might not, Mon might not play because he's an, an unvaccinated close contact. So everyone's like, Mon doesn't get it. And Zimmer is so stubborn. Can't wait for him to be fired. And I agree with both of that. Kellen Mon does indeed look like a waste of a third-round draft pick. He's been inactive nearly the whole year and is another unvaccinated quarterback. And... Yeah, we need a Vikings need a new a new quarterback, a new head coach, and a new general manager. And on the Packers side of things, they're twelve and three. They look like the best team in the NFC and probably the NFL. They're the new betting favorites to win the Super Bowl, and I think I've got to agree with it. They've got a great offense led by a future Hall of Fame quarterback and a defense that has started to give up some some yards, but they're making the key plays when it matters the most. And I think. They're going to win these last two games in the regular season, and whoever they play in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, I think they can handle anybody in this league, in this league, even the Buccaneers and the Chiefs, who they lost to earlier, even though that was the Jordan Love game. The Packers will obliterate the Vikings, and I think they'll go all the way. Can't wait for this offseason of change for the Vikings. All right, let's wrap it up with uh, our final Monday night game of the season. Uh, the 7-7-1 seven, seven Steelers will welcome in the 7-8 Browns. Um, Steelers are just trying to keep that uh, that Mike Tomlin's non-losing season record uh, in, in play, no? Yeah, they'll try their best, but I just don't think that's going to happen. The Browns have been the most disappointing team. They haven't been outright bad. They're just losing a lot of games really uh in really close games like the vikings kind of it's been really painful the past couple of weeks as i've watched both of their games they lost on a last second field goal to the raiders they were really shorthanded in that game nearly all of their starters were out but just barely lost then they got some guys back against the packers but baker mayfield threw four interceptions in the loss and anytime you throw four interceptions you're generally not going to win the game and there's a lot of questions surrounding baker mayfield's future for some reason i think I think he deserves one more chance, but there's a lot of trade rumors being brought up around veteran quarterbacks such as Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, potentially, and maybe even Russell Wilson. It'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. And the Browns are more disappointing than bad, but the Steelers are 7-7-1. Seven and seven and one, But having watched a lot of their games, I think they're just bad. Um, ben Roethlisberger is a walking fossil. He's 39, I think, and is just not playing at a high level anymore. The offensive line is really bad. That's probably why they've lost a lot of games. They can't create space for Najee Harris, their first round running back draft pick. And they can't protect Roethlisberger either. And the defense has been getting absolutely shredded. It'd be a miracle if they could get to eight and eight and one and not have a losing season for the first time in the Mike Tomlin era. But uh, the Browns have been ravaged with additions to the coronavirus reserve list. But nearly every starter of theirs is back now for this game. They lost 15-10 to 10 in Cleveland in the first meeting, but I don't think they're going to lose again. I think the Browns are going to win this game in what should be Ben Roethlisberger's last career game at Heinz Field. And there you have it, folks. Don't forget to follow Brennan on Twitter at PhD in NFL and check out the column that he contributes to over at QBList.com called Beating the Spread. Again, Happy New Year, and we'll see you next week. Take care.